and welcome to this podcast series from Prompt Business Strategies, the turnaround and growth specialists. We will be taking a close look at the world of turnaround and exploring how to grow your business. We'll be talking to the people who've experienced it, from financial directors to lawyers and business owners, in order to give you insight and practical help. So if you are faced with dealing with a similar situation, hopefully it won't seem so daunting. We'll be joined by a range of experts to discuss the hot issues. We hope you enjoy this podcast. In this podcast, I'm joined by Mark Bailey from the Prompt Strategies team. Mark has over 20 years experience in the commercial real estate sector. He started his career at DTZ and then joined KPMG, becoming head of the UK Real Estate Advisory Services team. He worked with a wide range of clients across a broad range of sectors, from mergers and acquisitions to company restructuring. He helps corporates to reduce costs, enhance value and optimise their real estate portfolios. And he does that throughout the UK, Europe and worldwide. He is a qualified chartered surveyor, a member of the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors, and he's also a member of the Institute for Turnaround. Well, today I'm joined by Mark Bailey from Prompt. How are you doing? Very well, and you? Yeah, I'm good. Now, you're our property guru, so um, so I come to you if I want to buy a house. Is that right? Is <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Any commercial property, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, it's such an exciting area at the moment, isn't it? Because there's been so much change and the whole attitude to property is completely different to where we were pre-COVID, isn't it? So what what have you seen in terms of commercial property market and and the changes? Yeah, I think you're right. It is a really interesting sector to be involved in, particularly at the moment. And really what's happened over the past 24 months is really only an acceleration of what's been happening over the last 10 to 15 years. And and maybe we could just run through a bit of an overview through the different sectors of the sorts of things that have been happening. The first one really is offices. And and, I always get frustrated sometimes with the press announcements about saying the office market is dead, you know, what's going to happen. But actually, if we look back over the last 10 to 15 years, lots of those older buildings were being converted into student accommodation or to residential properties, etc. Yeah, they were. Many employees were actually looking for more flexible working, you know, that ability to work from home, not having to go into the office five days a week, etc., Um, And actually, we saw quite a significant growth in new office buildings being built in city centres right across the UK, really. Yeah, absolutely. And also, we've seen rents growing over that period as well, as as better quality buildings have become available and occupiers wanting those better quality locations, and therefore values have been growing. So that's already been happening over the last 10 to 15 years. Really? You think it goes back as long as that? That's a surprise. Yeah, I really do. It's, 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 you know, the signs are all there. And then if we, if we dip into sort of retail, I mean, again, retail's had a bit of a tough time recently, but we've always been trying to work out what sort of nation are we? Oh, do we want in town? Do we want out of town retail? Do we want to be able to get to it easily? Do we want to drop into shopping centres, in town centres? That's been a tussle really over again, probably the last 10 years or so. And we've also seen that sort of online retail growing over the last five years. And, you know, we've never really grappled what that means for us and what impact it has. And and really, those values, again, have changed quite dramatically between town centres and out of town, depending on consumer needs at that particular time. 
I mean, obviously, the sort of environmental, social governance stuff is is so big now. Do you think that is an area, these sort of out of town or in town retail? Do you think those environmental issues are kicking in there as well in terms of its impact? I, I think they're probably coming, but nowhere near. And we'll come on to, I'm sure, in a minute. Okay. Around, Stop um, jumping ESG, the gun there. <laughs> but, um, I, I don't think it's having as much an impact on retail at the moment, if I'm perfectly honest with you. I think it's going to come, but... I don't think as consumers we're deciding on whether we should click and collect or whether we should um, drive into a town centre or drive to an out of town. I think we just go where cost is probably best or product is better. The other one I meant to talk about was the industrial sector. And again, over the last 10 to 15 years, we've seen lots of really old industrial properties, buildings, estates being converted from industrial back to residential, usually because they're surrounded by lots of chimney pots and demand was for housing rather than for industrial accommodation. So we've seen a lot of that over the last 10 to 15 years. And and there was this sort of focus more on what I call distribution hubs or bespoke hubs for those uh, businesses to be located. So close to big motorway junctions, you know, large demand uh, for big space uh, buildings to allow that. We've also, over the last 10 years, more over the last two without a doubt, seen more of a resurgence in onshoring, so people bringing that manufacturing back to the UK. And probably about five years ago now, we saw investors really starting to move into industrial accommodation, so building and then letting buildings out to tenants. And I think probably in the last 30 years, uh, in terms of my career, I've seen industrial being the investor's choice, standout choice. And in fact, actually, some of the industrial values outstripping residential values, which is an absolute first. That's never, ever been heard of because residential has always been the the standout performer. So I think there's been some quite big changes. So I I think the honest answer is there have been changes I mean, happening for quite some time now in all of those different sectors. And really, the the pandemic just supercharged that to new levels. And we could almost review each of those sectors again and just see what's happened over the last two years. There's been so much press announcements around the office market is dead. Actually, it's not. Tenants want more interesting space. Employees want a better mix of space. They don't just want a desk to come and sit at. They want it built around a good location. That doesn't have to be a city centre. It could be out of town. And actually, I'm seeing some some of our clients wanting to purchase office buildings to really be able to invest in the office space to give them some really amazing quality space. So I don't buy into the fact that the office sector is dead. I think, you know, there's just a resurgence of more interesting space, better demand for better quality space is probably the, the sort of key focus. Yeah, and it's probably about better quality life. I think that was a big thing that came out and and property really reflects the way that you live, doesn't it? So if the office, yeah, so if people want nicer offices that they can have a better experience in their day-to-day life. Yeah, they do. And a balance, don't they? Yes, they do. Absolutely. And and then in terms of retail, I mean, the, the pandemic caused a bit of chaos, I suppose, and panic amongst some of the retailers because they were forced to close you know many of our clients had to suddenly revert to online sales you know whereas uh, there was a a large food business we were working with they would supply restaurants hotels etc and all of a sudden they had to revamp their website and retarget a consumer audience so 
I think it did cause quite a lot of panic amongst the retail operators. But actually, consumers have come back stronger because they now know what they missed in terms of being able to go into stores and tactile, see things, experience it, etc. So I think, yes, there are some losers and, you know, the high street is changing, but that was probably already happening anyway, as we saw more online sales happening, etc. So there, there seems to be a, a real resurgence at the moment for retailers to want to be located in sort of really good quality high street centres, probably not shopping centres and also good out of town locations as well. So, again, that, that's been happening for a while, but the pandemic probably accelerated that quite quickly. Do you think they're taking less space because of often they're, they do both online and high street retail? So they take less space on the high street than they would have done 10 years ago. They, they are, yes. There's no doubt about it. Or they're being more cautious in the space that they take, but they are looking for good quality space that they know the customers are going to want to come into. They're going to want to come to these areas, these towns, these locations. So I just think they're being a bit more discerning around what their requirements are. No, that's really interesting. I'm just thinking about my own shopping habits at Christmas coming up. <laughs> <laughs> and then on industrial, the, the final one, really, I think, as I said before, we've seen the loss of many of those industrial estates to residential uh, because the residential values were so much higher. But we're now seeing that demand returning for industrial space. It is without a doubt the standout performer in all of the sectors at the moment. You know, there's really high tenant demand. There's really high investor demand. And that's really been driven more so through the pandemic with that difficulty of getting materials, that difficulty of trying to get products in from maybe Asia or the uh, Far East, maybe having supply chain issues and bringing that in-house to give them more control over how they can manufacture, when they can manufacture and responding to their customers' needs. So for me, really, the commercial property market has been changing for many years and has probably really just been supercharged through the pandemic. But I think it it will be interesting over the last, what, four or five weeks. It will be interesting to see what happens with the commercial property market, with the sort of headwinds of recession coming on board, more thought around what do occupiers want, what do each of those sectors want and need. So I think there's there's probably some change that we're going to see, but it will be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by the development from sort of moving from places like China because of the, the COVID supply chain issues to suddenly bring it back. And I've, I've, what you're saying on that really interests me. And what I've noticed here as well in Northampton is just the sheer number of massive warehouses. Are, I mean, these are just monstrous things. I, uh, you can't believe the size of them. Do you think that is going to continue this sort of constant building of warehouses or do you think that it might slow down? It's just a, such an interesting thing at the moment that's going on all around. Yeah, and there's, there are really no signs that that is going to slow down. There's still demand outstrips supply because so much industrial was removed from the market because it was aging stock, it was you know poorly located, etc. I think we're playing catch up a little bit. And again, with all this onshoring, you know, with some of our clients as well, wanting to bring that manufacturing back in-house, it's put significant pressure on the market. And I don't think developers can build enough of it as quickly as they can to fulfil the, the occupier's needs. 
you think this is a short term thing, though? Do you think quite often with business, we go through this um, sort of swing backwards and forwards? So we start by outsourcing and then everyone goes, oh, yes, we've got to outsource this year. And then five years later, we go, everyone goes, oh, no, let's bring it all in house. It's far more economic to have it in house. And they all go, oh, it's a pain having it in house. Let's outsource it again. And all through my career, I've seen this pattern happen just backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. I mean, the cost involved must be ridiculous. Do you think that actually in a couple of years' time, everyone's going to go, do you know what? It's really expensive doing supply stuff in this country. Maybe we're going to ship it out to Vietnam because they seem to be up and coming at the moment. India's putting in a lot of time to compete against the Chinese. What what do you reckon? Personally, I think because we went through the pandemic and everyone realised how difficult it was to get that stock, because shipping costs have gone become so high and a significant proportion of you know, manufacturers costs. I think manufacturing on site here now is more likely to stay than it is to revert back to the, should we send this overseas? Should we do manufacturing, et cetera? So I think the headwinds tell me at the moment, it's likely to stay. I don't think it will be forever, Rebecca, because these things never are. But I think that we've learned so many lessons through the pandemic from a property perspective, that actually people want to retain what they've got and are focused on trying to make that work here in the UK. Taking that a step further, you've got, you know, you've got the cost of living's really kicking in now. And I mean, people are really struggling. I think as small businesses, like, I mean, we're both small businesses, aren't we? You, you know, real terms as consultants. Do you see there being ways that if we have properties as small businesses, that we can be taking measures to protect ourselves when everyone's talking about a recession. What what do you think we should be doing? I think that's already happening. A lot of our clients are saying, let's look at our property costs. Yeah, property costs are typically the second highest on their balance sheet. They want to focus on cost saving options or opportunities. So many are already looking at that and looking at whether there is space that's surplus and what they're going to do with that surplus space. Or if they've got space, which is either on a long lease or it has some value to it, you know, what can we do to create some value out of that space? How can we make it more, uh, or utilize it better? How can we bring, you know, the right customers to it? How can we manufacture more? How can we make it better for employees, et cetera? So I've seen more and more occupiers wanting to spend on good quality accommodation than um, you know poorer quality. So I, I I think there's there's already that focus. That microscope is always being run over costs, as we know. But I think that's already starting to happen for many of our clients now, where they're looking at that and saying, what do we need, and how can we keep that cost down? That's good. Have you got any advice on sort of where to start with that process? I mean, is it like you sort of faced with... <laughs> Rent's always the biggest one, isn't it? Rent's yeah, always the biggest one and, and possibly the easiest to target as well. And I think many occupiers are under that misconception that, you know, they have a lease, so therefore they have to pay the rent. I mean, we did that quite a few times with a number of our clients through the pandemic where we negotiated with landlords who understood the predicament that we were in. And landlords would rather have a viable business than a, a an unviable and an insolvent business because they know they won't get the income then. So most uh, landlords want to work with their occupiers and that landlord-tenant relationship is key to unlocking that. So rent's always the first target point. That's the easiest you know, opportunity, whether that's 
either spreading the payments rather than quarterly to monthly. Maybe it's a, a rent holiday. Maybe it's some restructuring of the rent payments to give the company the breathing space that it needs. So property really is one of the major factors in a company either surviving or, or falling below the survival line, isn't it? So actually, it's, it's, it's a huge issue for businesses. So they really do need to get control of their property costs, don't they? Yes. Much more than you would necessarily think. It is. But the one that's always overlooked as well, because as I said, people always think they have leases. You know, they always think it's a legal obligation. They don't feel they have the ability to go negotiate. But actually, you know, when the when the tough times come, you need to take the initiative. And then property, as I said, is usually the second highest cost. It's usually a, a key area for target in terms of cost reduction opportunities yeah no well that's been absolutely brilliant mark thank you so much for all your help and i think everybody will have found that really helpful and really informative and some good tips as well so thank you have a great day anyway nice to talk to you and to you as well thank you so much for joining us this podcast was brought to you by prompt business strategies the turnaround and growth specialists If you want to get in touch with David Stone or any of our speakers, please visit our website, promptstrategies.co.uk and use the contact details you'll find there. All the views expressed in this podcast are individual opinions and are general, so they do not constitute professional advice. If you want to see how an issue applies to your own situation, then please do talk to us directly.